My name is Charlie Banks, and I'm a 17-year-old kid who started the Young Minds Podcast to spread the Word of God. It is my goal to do this podcast. You learn, you laugh, you cry, whatever it may be. I just hope that you enjoy it and um, maybe grow in your relationship with Christ. But just remember, this thing that the Lord is starting is way bigger than any of us. So let's get after it. Welcome to the podcast, you two. I'm so glad to have you on. If you could just introduce yourselves and then tell your testimonies, and we'll jump right in. My name is Brandon Devine, uh, and my wife is Natasha Devine. Uh, yep. And um, okay, so if you could uh, tell your testimonies and look, maybe just how about this? A little bit maybe of what you do at Northside, and then we'll go into your testimonies a little bit. Well, my husband and I, we uh, teach the 1030 Life Group for co-ed youth, um, and we also teach small groups on Wednesday night for the youth. Um, I do high school girls, and Brandon does middle school boys. Mm-hmm. And then it's joined in the morning. Yeah. It is. Which, it that is. was that was fun. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, so what made y'all decide to join the classes together? So, we were initially... Uh, it was initially brought to us by Pastor Josh Foster and about teaching the youth. And we had it set up where Natasha had the girls and then I had the boys. And mm-hmm. there happened to be one Sunday where she wasn't feeling well. So I combined them and the interaction was incredible. The boys started talking, the girls were talking, there was a lot of good conversations happening. So after that, I brought it to her and I said, hey, we need to do this because there was a lot more conversation, a lot more input. And since then, it's just continued to grow. Mm -hmm. And I think it's been one of the best decisions that we've made. And thankfully, uh, Josh backed us up when I brought it to him about doing that. So I mean, mean, I I know the last count that we did, it was like, what, 14, 15 almost? Yeah, we had seven. The highest we had was 17. And it's been hovering about 14 to 17 on average. That's awesome. Yeah. You know. Especially when we started, it had two. Three. <laughs> it was like Noah and Ethan. <laughs> yeah, there, there was there was very few, but it you know it was it was a new class. We kind of expected that, and we yeah. started during the summer as well. So a lot of people were traveling and you know going on vacations and stuff. So once the school season started, it really started to kick up, and the numbers started to grow. Mm-hmm. And I remember I don't know if I've told you this, but I was nervous. Oh my gosh, when Stephen invited me because I didn't. I did not know what to expect, you know, because, I mean, I'm not growing up in church. I was like, what is this going to be? Mm-hmm. It's the best thing ever, but I didn't know, know that at the time. Um, but, yeah, if y'all want to dive into um, a little bit of your testimonies, it doesn't matter the order you go in. I know they kind of interlap, so if you want to go into that, then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I guess I'll start. Yeah. Um, my testimony is a bit chaotic um, and really shows the hand of God in my life. Um I was born to teenage parents. My mom was 17, um, my dad was 19, um, and so I grew up in a very chaotic home. Um, And right when I was about two years old, my dad left. Um, And so um, I really was raised by um, a single mom, but also by two uncles and a grandmother and um, all that. But um, there was a lot of abuse, um, physical, emotional, mental, um, in my household. Um, there was never 
really a time of peace and comfort. Like, you know, you would normally think a childhood would mm-hmm. be. Um, I grew up in a lot of fear. Um, but uh, even though my family wasn't the most godly family in the world, my grandmother still insisted that we go to church. And so I would go on Wednesday nights, and in Houston, when you were my age, you um, went to something called GA and RAs. Um, it wasn't Awanas and Venture Clubs. And um, I remember so distinctly them telling me about a God who loved me. And for somebody who's growing up in chaos, constant worry and fear, knowing that there was a God who loved me and who wanted to spend eternity with me and who died for me was something I was like, yes, I'm gonna grab onto that. I, I want that. And, um, and so I remember telling my mom, I'm like, I wanna get saved. I wanna go to heaven. Like, I wanna be with this God who loves me. And um, so she ended up taking me to our pastor, and um, he led me through the steps of salvation. I was seven years old. Um, it was October 1992, I remember, and I ended up being baptized after that. And it was so ingrained in my mind, and in the back of my mind, even though there was so much chaos going on in my world and my life, um, that I knew that there was a God who loved me. And um, so the abuse and the um, you know, continued um, well into my teens. Um, when I was about 14, my grandmother truly got saved. And so all she wanted to talk about was Jesus and Charles Stanley. And that's all she wanted to talk about. And so she quit smoking, she quit drinking, she quit going to the bars and quit partying and stuff. And um, so she really started hitting church home for us. And um, so she insisted that I join our youth group at church. And um, that was probably the best um, decision that was ever made um I ended up joining and and really starting to learn about what it meant to have a relationship with Jesus because right now I'm just saved right I kind of have just like fire insurance like Mm -hmm. you know I'm not going to hell but I didn't know what it meant to like really dive deep into the word to pray to know God on an intimate level and um so thankfully God started bringing like mentors into my life um that started pouring into me and really teaching me how to be a disciple of Jesus and um, and so at 14, I rededicated my life to Christ, and I started reading my Bible. I started praying. I started going to church, you know, being around like-minded individuals and stuff. And um, that was great, but I still had a lot of baggage mm-hmm. from my childhood. I still was carrying around a void that I didn't allow God to fill. Um, so when I graduated high school... I made a really bad decision. Okay, like, really bad. I'm not going to go into detail or anything. Mm-hmm. But something that still affects me 20 years later. Um, very hard. Um, changed my entire life. Um, and also had medical consequences. Um, so, you know, bad thing happened. And that's kind of where anxiety and depression began to be such a banner over my life um spiraled down bad didn't understand how god could ever forgive me how god could ever love me after that i thought all hope was lost um and because of what happened i had to have surgery um pretty extensive painful surgery um and the night before my surgery i opened up my bible probably for the first time since all that had happened and I just remembered praying, like, Lord, please, like, if you can still hear me, if you still love me, if you can forgive me, please let this surgery go well. And I will serve you. I will, you know, 
commit my life to you, you know, and and all this. And I so clearly remember him giving me this verse, Zephaniah 317, and I'll read it to you. It says, the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you and his love. He will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. And I just felt the peace of God come over me. And I knew that he was with me and that he loved me and that he had a plan for me and a purpose for me. Even though I had messed up, he was still reaching down into that pit and pulling me out. And that he had good things in store, even though I walked away. And um, so I got through the surgery. Everything was fine. And, um, you know, began therapy. Um, I went through Christian counseling um, to kind of get to a good point mentally. Because at that point, I had wanted to commit suicide. I had wanted to end it all because I was in such a dark place. And um, that God, God's light shone, you know, shined in the, in the dark. And thankfully he brought me out of that. And you know, a few years went by and I met him, <laughs> I met Brandon um, in college. And um, we met and like had our first date and like 13 months later we got married. <laughs> and then 13 months after that we had Noah. And so it was kind of a really kind of whirlwind. And, you know, right after we had Noah, we started having, you know, problems, marriage problems, like deep, hard trenches we were going through. Um, and it was because I really hadn't fully dealt with my childhood and adolescence. Um, I brought a lot of baggage into that. And I was still struggling with that and therefore taking it out on him, out on the kids. We... I mean, we, we really struggled. Um, but thankfully, praise God, I went through another thing of therapy and, and counseling, Christian counseling, and God brought mentors into my life. And um, I really began to allow God to break those chains um, off of my heart uh, from what happened and really began to let him infiltrate and heal those pains that I still had, um, allow me to forgive um, a lot of people who had hurt me um, and therefore I started seeing him in a different light, um, as somebody who wasn't out to hurt me, out to get me, but somebody who loved me and cared about me and truly wanted what was best. And I began to grow in my relationship with the Lord and he did too. And that's something I'll let him talk about. But at that time, you know, God started opening up doors for me to use my testimony. So he started turning my pain into a purpose and I was able to, uh, volunteer options now as a crisis pregnancy counselor, um, helping young girls who go through hard, difficult times and being able to encourage them and point them to Jesus. And now um, that I homeschool, I stopped doing that, kind of put that on the back burner. But now God's opened up the door here at Northside for me and my husband to minister to youth who are going through hard times and encourage them and really kind of stand in the gap and pray and be like, hey, you don't have to do what we did. You don't have to go down the same path that we went down. There is hope, you know, and God loves you and he has a plan and purpose for you. And that's such a great joy in my life and I know in his and we're just so honored and um, we're just so thankful that God has placed us here and is using our testimonies to help the next generation, you know. Just imagine what it's going to do with this. Yeah, I will. Absolutely. I hope yeah. so. That's our prayer and our hope. So, but you can go ahead. So my testimony is a little different. I grew up always going to church. Um, 
we, I can't remember a time when we weren't in church. And there was a moment when I think I was about six that my parents uh, had me, my brother, and my sister all baptized in our pool. So for the longest time, I had the belief that, you know, hey, I was baptized, I'm good. And, you know, my whole family has always gone to church. God has always been at the center of the divine family. It's always been a huge focal point for our family. But as I got older, uh, when I was 17, it dawned on me that I was not truly saved and that baptism did not save me. And the, I was in a youth, uh, and the youth pastor was talking about Hebrews 12, uh, 1 through 3. And I'm going to read it. It says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people, then you won't become weary and give up. And his message talked about how, you know, God sent Jesus to die for each of us. And throughout that message, I realized that I knew of God, but I didn't know God. I didn't have that one-on-one personal relationship with him because even though I knew what he did, I didn't really understand the concept of it until they read this verse and explained it to me. And knowing that even though my sin is what put Jesus on the cross, you know, that was part of God's plan, he still did it with joy in his heart because he knew, sorry, he knew what it would bring to his people. You know, and that just completely changed my my life on that. Now, even though at 17, that's when I got saved, I didn't have anybody to help me grow in my faith. You didn't have a mentor, right? I didn't have a mentor. Um, my family, even though we were centered around God, at that time, my family was going through a difficult time where my parents were getting divorced. And... My mom had moved away to Birmingham, uh, and then a few, about a year and a half later or so, my dad then remarried and moved to Texas. So it was me and my sister living at home, and so a lot of the stuff that I struggled with was abandonment, um, which I carried that into our marriage. Um, I would view Natasha as someone that would just constantly leave me. Um, and it took going through a men's, uh, I knew I couldn't do this without crying, uh, going through a men's class, uh, and, uh, at Crossroads Baptist Church. And one of the lessons we're talking about, um, dealing with your past and, and dealing with your parental issues that you might have. And it dawned on me that I had not forgiven my parents for even though they made the decisions they did, I did not forgive them for what they had done and because I had never told them. So I was able to have that conversation with my mom and with my dad and forgive them. And the weight, 
the weight of forgiveness being released off of you whenever you are able to do that is huge. <sighs> Sorry. It's all good. So when I was able to do that, I was able to view my wife as who she was. Someone that God had given me to basically balance me out on my emotions. Uh, and since I carried that into our marriage, a lot of the issues that, you know, I know she explained hers, but me, I was being very selfish. I, that was something I had issues with. I was very selfish with us. I was very selfish with our time um, because I never knew when it was going to be the end. Um, I didn't know if I was ever going to have another chance if it, if it, if that moment passed. Uh, so now that I was able to forgive my parents and then look at her in that different light, the relate the, the relationship that we had was able to grow exponentially. Um, I was able to move past that and see her for the wonderful woman that she is. Um, and I am just so thankful that she did stick with me because where we're at now is phenomenal. Um, our marriage has never been stronger and it is something that only, only God could have done mm -hmm. through forgiveness and through showing us what we needed to do to work on ourselves. Um, you know, cause for the longest time we tried to fix each other, which we learned over way too many times trying that that was never going to happen. <laughs> that, yeah. That we had to give, we had to give it to God and let God, you know, work on ourselves um, to where we could then come together and let God use us for our strengths and not look down at each other because of the weaknesses. Because everywhere where she is strong, that's where I'm the weakest. And everywhere I'm strong, that is where she's the weakest. But we're able to, you know, strengthen the weaknesses to where we're not staying weak in that area. We're able to get stronger. But, you know, we have uh, just a great relationship. And I'm just thankful that we can still continue to have it grow. Mm. Well, I don't have much. To, I don't know what really to say after that, <laughs> except that I know that, um, you know, everybody at Northside and I know our life group just loves the both of you and y'all do a phenomenal job, especially I know that um, y'all recently, y didn't y'all go to like a leadership conference type and like to kind of we like did. to learn we did. a little bit. Uh, and, that, and that shows, I will say that. Yes. Yeah, so and I could tell a difference in the way I prepared um, because I am a procrastinator at heart. Uh, <laughs> I... If there's time, I'm going to take it. Um, and so when we got, when we went to this class and, and it was, uh, it was really eye opening because it was able to, I was able to use it to say, you know, God has put me in this role. What am I doing with it? Mm -hmm. You know, am I giving them just whatever's left after the work week on Sunday morning? Or am I really taking the time to open the lesson on Monday you know, do it piece by piece throughout the week and really do some research on it. And being able to prepare for that made it where if God wanted me to share something that maybe wasn't in the lesson, but tied it into it, I was able to really research it and get some background history on it to where I could have the the lesson flow better. Because before that, it would I'd bounce around from topic to topic. Yeah. And I'd be like, oh yeah, I could do this and I could do this, but it was right in the middle. So I was having to basically wing it. Um, and it dawned on me that I was not, I was not handling the opportunity that God had given us the way he needed me to. 
Um, and so from that point, I was able to make a dedication to prepare it better because the youth is where our, where the church's next generation is at. And if we want the church to thrive and succeed, just as, you know, Pastor Robbie and uh, Pastor Landon and Pastor Noah, they've all mentioned it, is that the youth is the next church. And if we're not get diving into their souls and into their hearts and, and giving them God's word and teaching them God's truth, this world is going to take them over. Okay, even statistically, to. even statistically, as uh, we learned during this um, college prep class that we had a few weeks ago, seventy mm-hmm. percent of the youth walk away from their faith once they graduate and go to college, mm-hmm. and a lot of it is because they're not prepared for what life the world is going to be like for them once they get out of their out of their home and out of their church and out of, you know the the security bubble that we have put the youth in while going to church. Once they get out on their own, a lot of the stuff they haven't been prepared to see. And so a lot of the youth see it as, oh, well, this is the truth. You know, this is what my parents were keeping me from, and which is not the case. But that's what Satan does to make them believe it. And we have a responsibility to prepare these youth for what they're going to expect because the world is only getting darker. And Christians have got to stand up and be that light or else the darkness is going to take over. And so we have to dive into these youth and teach them God's word and let them be the next warriors for the battles that are going to come. All right. Now, you know how I said about the questions with alternating between, and we can decide the order on that. Um, it doesn't matter. Um, well, I've stopped crying so I can go first. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, um, and there's just some questions about, like, your jobs and other things like that. Um, So, did you think about doing something other than the military when you uh, were thinking of a job? (laughs) So, I was, just as a a procrastinator, (laughs) what do you call it, I'm a big dreamer. Oh, yeah. Um, I had dreams of being a NASCAR driver, being playing football, and doing all these other sorts of things. I could go walk on in Alabama. I had I had a lot of dreams, but it was a lot of selfish, childish dreams. It was, um, but we chose the military because um, I had always wanted to serve in the mm-hmm. military. I always, always thought it was a very noble act to serve others. Um, and so we were at a point where, uh, we felt like that that's what we needed to do. And it was tough. It was tough. Um, my, my wife loves stability and the military is not very stability friendly. Um, basically if they need you somewhere, they're going to send you. And I will say the Air Force was definitely the fr- uh, family-friendliest branch there was, and that's the reason why we went the Air Force route. And, of course, we are very thankful that that is what we did because that's the only reason that we are here in Valdosta. But I will tell you, I was thankful for the military because it moved us away from our families. And began, well, I'm, I'm not saying that you know our families are terrible or anything, but it allowed us to be on our own. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, we didn't have that crutch to fall back on, especially going through really hard times in our marriage. You know, if we would have been around family, we could have just been like, you know what, I'm done. Like, I can go move in with them, and you can be by yourself. And and I think it would have been so detrimental to our relationship. Absolutely. But because we were so far away from everybody, we had to learn to 
depend on God and depend on each other and really like, you know, hold on to each other because we were all we had, you know? And so I am thankful for that. And before we joined the military, we did have a small tryout basically as being leaders of youth uh, at one of our old churches. Um, I will say for our we were not really ready. Mm-hmm. Um, we were very young, and it was right in the, it was right in the middle of when we were having a lot of our uh, marriage struggles in the beginning of our marriage. So, you know, anytime you have those deep struggles, it's going to affect your ability to lead correctly. Um, and as I've gotten older, it's been it's been very evident that we finally got to a point in our marriage where it, we were growing both spiritually and just together. And God opened the door for us to become small group leaders at, on Wednesday night and then be life group leaders on Sunday morning. Have y'all actually been leaders that long? or like? So we started small group leaders about, like two years ago. Okay. about two years ago. It was right after Pastor Landon got here and uh, he brought in a couple of the parents wanting to do small groups on Wednesday nights instead of just doing a, a service and then calling it good. He wanted to be able to have that discipleship discipleship and one-on-one smaller group interaction about the messages, and uh, which I thought was a great idea. And it has definitely produced fruit in the kids being able to open up about questions um, to us. And uh, it has been nothing but a blessing being able to do that um when when we were asked to be life group leaders it was it was it was last it was about this time last year and uh, we were very excited about it we didn't know how it was going to work um but i will say it was one of the biggest unexpected blessings and being us being in, in that role um you know, because we were in a life group ourselves, and we were enjoying being mm-hmm. fed into mm-hmm. and being built up. But we were given the opportunity to, all right, now it's our turn to build others up, pour to pour church. into them and create the new leaders in the church. And it is a huge responsibility, um, but it is a role that I would not give up mm-hmm. for anything. And we just like it's so crazy when you start something new like that and you don't know what to expect, but then you end up just falling in love with what you do. Mm-hmm. And um, the, the people in there are like, we just adore y'all and we love you guys so much. And we hope that's translated to y'all that if you ever need anything, like we're here, we want to serve you. We want to be there for you. We want to pour into you any questions you may have, you know, like it's just been such a blessing. So. Yeah, but going back to the actual job question. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I had thought I had thought about doing other things, but the military was something that uh, that I do I did love uh, doing. Um, I I loved deploying. I loved the deployed environment. I hated leaving my family, um, mm-hmm. especially my first deployment was at a very tough time. It was like right when we got here, mm-hmm. and Riley was seven months old when, when I left. Um, not even crawling. And then when I got back, she was 13 months 14. old, 14 months old, and she was walking and running. So it was like I didn't even know her. And it took a lot of weeks uh, for her to open up to me because for so long, mm-hmm. she had just seen me as a face on a screen. So my, my mere presence intimidated her. And 
I still remember the day, the first time she gave me a kiss after I got back. It was so I sweet. You were like, and, yeah. Oh, I was, I, 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 I screamed with so much joy, and it was, it was um, a very good memory. But he could just like tell her, like, don't do that, sweetheart, and she would look at him and just cry. <laughs> she would run to me, and he's like, I tried to say it as nice as possible, but she just was yep. not having him at oh. all. Oh wow. Yeah. But then my, you know, my second deployment, it was a, it was a two week notice. Mm-hmm. So, and it was when I thought well, I wasn't going to deploy. Thankfully, thankfully, it was just to a simple location that uh, was very relaxed, and so it wasn't you know anything that thankfully my wife or kids had to be stressed about where I was. So uh, it it was good. But then um, after I retired, we we knew we wanted to stay with the military because of you know it, it's it's where I like being, it's where I like working, and there's a lot of good benefits to it, a lot of good retirement. So it was something that. I know God has placed me in, and uh, the difference is, is where I've grown in my faith is using my job as a platform to share His Word, because I made a lot of poor choices when we first got here that kind of messed up my testimony, but one thing I've been able to share from that is instead of being discouraged from sharing my testimony to the people that, that you know watched me do things that you know weren't following the, you know God's Word, is redemption and forgiveness you know because even though yes i made these choices god still forgave me for that and he still can use me and and i think that's something that's can be encouraging to others is when they have done something to mess up and may have hindered their testimony they didn't completely ruin their testimony instead it just gives you a new angle on how to share your testimony on what god has done and how he's grown you mm-hmm. i love that all right, now here's a. I had to put at least one or two funny questions in there. <laughs> All right, let's go for it. So, okay, so Miss Natasha, yes. um, what is and really think about this now. What is one thing that Mr. Brandon does that annoys you? Oh, Charlie, we ain't got time for that. Oh yeah, we do. <laughs> And hey, by the way, if this does run over an hour, I'll just start it again, by the way. Oh, my goodness. We were just talking about this this morning. (laughs) We were. We were talking about how you like to nitpick. You nitpick a lot. You like to nitpick? You like to nitpick. Oh, yes. You like to nitpick. (laughs) And then, yeah, that's that's really annoying. (laughs) Just you not cleaning up your side of the room, that drives me insane. Oh. You know, if that's the only thing you're worried about, I can live with that. All the things, all the little tiles and the boots and the things. But overall, you're a great husband. Okay. Good save. Good save. Oh, okay. Now, Stephen would get after me if I didn't ask you to explain this. All right. But um, you probably know what's coming. I do. Yep. Um, can you explain the story of how we call you Uncle Brandon? (laughs) So Uncle Brandon came when (laughs) Chase Shiver was asking me a question in class and he called me Uncle Brandon because he has an Uncle Brandon. And so when <laughs> Stephen heard that, he oh. took with it and ran, ran with it. And Uncle forever <laughs> I will be Uncle Brandon and I am okay with that. Uh, well, no, see, at first now you are, but at first you were like, I'm not answering yeah, that. I'm not answering that. I'm not answering that. Nope, nope, nope. I have embraced Uncle Brandon. Yes. <laughs> Yes, you were. Yeah, you, you had you had to embrace it. Like, I had to. Yeah, he wouldn't stop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, like, and, and then I started, and the band started. It's like yeah, we used to all just start him, and we even did that at D now too. And the other kids were like, 
the heck are you talking about? Like, you got to understand the background. Now everybody will. Yep, everyone. Even people in Switzerland will understand why you're calling there you Uncle go. Ruben. Okay, so Miss Tasha, one thing that you talked about in your testimony was you dealt with anxiety. You know, that's one thing that I think a lot of kids, I mean, I even have dealt with it too, you know, deal with like schoolwork or whatever and just this world in general. What's one way that you found that helps you deal with um, anxiety? So I used to be at the point where I could not even go into Walmart. That's how bad my anxiety got. Mm-hmm. Um, to the point where I, like, we went to a concert one time and I couldn't even be at the concert. I had to walk out of the concert. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just literally have panic attacks um, all the time. And over time, um, by reading the word and understanding that that's not what God wants for me, um, that's from <laughs> Satan, not from God. And so, actually, just recently, um, I had a little bit of a medical issue and, um, I had to go and get an MRI and mm. I am claustrophobic. And when I say I'm claustrophobic, like I can even be in like an elevator, like I get real, real nervous. Um, and so I knew I was going to have to go in this little tube and I was terrified how far I was going to have to go in cause they had to take a picture of my leg. And, um, thankfully I didn't have to go all the way in, but it was enough to kind of, you know, get my heart racing a little bit. And I was already worried about the results. And, um, so my automatic default is to panic, Mm -hmm. is to worry, is to, is to, you know, spin out of control and spiral. And, um, and so I was like laying there and I, you know, they had started the, the imaging or whatever. And I just, I hit the button. I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this. I started shaking. I started sweating. I started crying. And, um, she pulled me out she looked at me and she was like, she was like, do you want to stop? And I said, well, I don't know. I don't want really want to like have to come back, you know? And she was like, you know, she was very kind and very calm, which is what I needed in that moment. She was like, let's put some music on. And just like, you know, take some deep breaths and we'll just put you back in and see where it goes, you know? And I said, okay. So I put me in. I was listening to Caleb, you know, praise and worship music. And, you know, I was like, and I started feeling it again. And I'm like, you know what? No. I was like, I am so tired of being ruled by anxiety because it does rule your mind. It rules your heart. It rules your spirit. Um, and so I literally out loud said, not anymore. I was like, say not anymore. Not today. You don't win here. You don't have any jurisdiction over this. I was like, God, help me. Help me do this. Help me get through it. And it was the first time in my life that I, like, let it go. And God, I felt like the peace of God came inside my heart. And I sat there, and I did not, I was not anxious. I was not scared. I sat there and worshipped with the songs on the radio. I mean, that lady probably thought I was crazy, but I was singing. (laughs) And um, I was just, like, praying and I just felt so much peace and so much comfort through that. And I knew that in that moment, God got the victory over what Satan tried to steal from me, which was my peace and my joy. And I was so thankful for that. And I know, like, when the tough times come now, just lay it at the foot of the cross. This has already been dealt with. God's already dealt with it. He just wants us to trust him and his plan for our lives. And he loves us and he cares for us. And he doesn't want that fear over us and I think fear has reigned over my life so much and you know from childhood and um but that is from Satan that is not of God God did not give us a spirit of fear right that's in the Bible and um so just releasing that to him and seeing how he worked in that moment and knowing that 
he reigns over everything. It doesn't matter if I worry about it or not. You know, it, God's still going to get the victory. He's still, his will is still going to get accomplished. So, that's it. Now, some of the, I've got some of the same questions, but just for... So what's one that Miss Natasha does that annoys you? <laughs> Absolutely nothing. <laughs> Are you sure about that? I don't know about that now. <laughs> it's annoying that you can't make a bad meal. Oh, it's annoying that I'm so good. It, it is annoying that you're so good. <laughs> I bet you... But your your stomach is just like, dang it! It's another good one. Talk about this morning. Oh. Hey, go ahead. What 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 she? She, we bought some uh, cinnamon rolls. Ooh. And for some reason, the icing was left out of the cinnamon rolls, and so my wife does what she does best and she hops on her Pinterest and starts looking up icing recipes mm. and made a homemade icing recipe that now she will have to make every single time <laughs> because it was so good. <laughs> uh, so good. I love you. I well, now, you're not, you're not even going to have to bring some of those in. <laughs> I learned from my grandmother. It was good. So, yeah. You're yeah. going to have to bring some of those in for the class. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah hey. No, no, I mean, especially since I know that two boxes of donuts were about not enough. <laughs> right? Oh my god! <laughs> like we got some hungry grown boys in that class. Mm-hmm. I mean, only and I only had the one. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> my gosh! I was like, <laughs> you got to eat these before you I show know. up. Yeah. My gosh! I was like, mm. and then I forgot to bring it. But can Mr. Joshua, can you explain the your visual representation of the stone when you had the? You ain't got to tell us where you got it from, but <laughs> but. Okay, so we had a um, lesson over um, the woman who was condemned. Um, she was caught in adultery. Um, by the leaders of the church, um, and she was kind of thrown on the ground, and and these leaders were coming at her, and and they're like, we're gonna stone her, like she was caught in the act, like she was caught sinning, and the law says that she is to be put to death. I'm gonna stone her, but who steps onto the scene and changes it? Jesus. He says, huh, you who is that who is without sin, go ahead, throw it at her, and they're like, oh, like I can't do that. And as this lady is, is, is sitting here and she's ashamed, she's crying probably, she probably has her head down, she doesn't want to look up, and all she hears around her are these stones dropping. And Jesus is like, you know, go and sin no more, you're forgiven. And I, you know, kind of, we put y'all in a circle mm-hmm. and we gave you each a stone. And I stood and I stood in the middle and I said, just think like if you're standing in the middle here, you're about to be stoned to death. That is not an easy way to die. No. Okay? And you, know, you got to like, think there's big old, like they're yeah, not they're small. Not like they're not like the big. tiny ones I gave you. They're, they're all like big old rocks. And, um, and so I was just like, y'all be quiet for a second and just drop the stones and listen to that. Listen to the forgiveness of God listen to God's redemption of your life. And I think that that, I love a good visual representation. That's probably one of the best ones, yeah. I think that if you can get a good visual representation for somebody, it sticks, right? Because you're not going to remember every Bible lesson. You're not going to remember everything that we say in that room. You're just not. It's not humanly possible. But if you get a visual 
of something powerful like that, that Jesus's forgiveness and love for you, you're going to remember it. You're going to remember those, that sound of those stones dropping. You're going to remember that God loves you and that he forgives you, even though you may do something very, very bad. It doesn't mean that you're so far away that God doesn't bring you back. So. And that was probably one of the best ones. I mean, something. heck, I'm asking you the question, so I obviously remembered it. <laughs> yes, um, you'll remember it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Mr. Brandon, you know, when we were in class, you talked about, like, in your testimony and other parts of it that, you know, as a, you know, like, a teenager, you know, you looked at things that you probably shouldn't have. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's probably, like, a big struggle for, you know, I mean, I mean, any teenager can go through it, but especially for guys, like, that's a big struggle. Like, what's one way you found to overcome that? that you've... So... Uh, yes, that is that is part of my testimony. Is uh, I, I did struggle with uh, pornography a lot, mm-hmm. and I think it's something that a lot of guys and even some girls mm-hmm. struggle with. It's it's not as uh, prevalent with women, but it is something that they they can struggle with. Um, but guys, because we are so visually drawn to things, it's easy for us to fall into that into that sin. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the reason why I struggled with it so much was because I kept it to myself. Uh, I did not share it with anyone because of the shame that I knew went with it. Um, but when I had some guys open up to me that they had struggled with it, um, it made me realize that I wasn't alone in it. Um, but it allowed me to open up to them. And I think one of the biggest things you can do is one, don't hide it. Um, anytime you try and hide something in the dark, all it's going to do is grow and it's not going to be squashed by the light because it's where it's, it's, it's not where it's supposed to be. And they gave me, uh, verses and I'm, and I'm going to be, uh, flipping to it while I'm talking, but, um, it allowed me, uh, the chance to kind of get it out and, there should be that relief too. Like, oh my gosh! And, and the, and, yeah. it, 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 it was relieving. It was like, okay, I'm not in this alone, and there's there's hope. Mm-hmm. There's hope because it is it is such a dangerous and gripping sin. Um, it is, uh, as the Bible states, it, it does not say to fight sexual temptation. It says to flee from it. Because that it is something that is done to our bodies and it's something that's done to our spirit in a way that other sins, which I do not believe there is a, there's different levels of sin. Sin is sin. God, God sees sin as, as, as even, but the amount of damage spiritually, physically, um, emotionally that it can do to you and it can, um, it, it, it makes you view others in such a, negative unrealistic view um and it 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 just it's a struggle that i i I don't want anybody to struggle with that because i know how difficult it is to climb out um which is why anytime that I that I talk about it, I'm very passionate about it, and I'm very setting up things to where it you're not even allowed the opportunity to look at that because when I was when I was younger, you had to really search for it. Mm-hmm. You yeah. had to. You, you it, it, there were different different avenues you had to go down to even get to it. 
now with the power of a tool such as a cell phone in your pocket, you're able to view this with such ease and access. And over the span of 20, 25 years, I have watched it go from you shouldn't be doing this to it's accepted. It's accepted. It's yeah, you do this. All right, good. You know, explore. No, that's not what, what God created that for. Um, and that for, I mean sex. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and this is a lot of drive on me on just being a youth uh, leader, uh, in general is teaching youth the truth of what God created things for. Because when you view pornography, you're viewing a lie that Satan has created. And when you know the truth of what God created sex to be, he created it for husband and wife to be an act of worship, intimate physical worship between a husband and a wife within the confines of marriage. It is designed to be something beautiful. It is designed to be something intimate between that couple. And when you do anything or view anything outside of that design, it gives you a lie of how to view others. Okay, For guys, it's going to completely distort the way you view women. Instead of seeing women as something beautiful and amazing that God has created for a husband— you're going to view them as something that is just a tool for you. And same thing for women. If, if women get stuck in this, they're going to see something that's unrealistic and not real on how to view a man. And it affects your relationship, not only with your future spouse, but with your friends, with leaders, with parents, with uh, authority figures. It's going to, and it's going to distort your view of God. And it will, and it is so detrimental to get stuck in that. And so, um, I God has given me the opportunity to use that part of my testimony to help young men and women understand what that was designed for, and not to go down that path. Because I am a believer that some lessons need to be learned. That's not a lesson that needs to be learned by experience. Some things you need to learn from the elders and in the church and learn from the wisdom that has been learned from their testimonies. So you don't have to have that same testimony. I'm glad that God has given me a testimony. I wish it wasn't that. I wish I would have been given a, you know, better information when I was younger. So that wouldn't be my testimony. But I'm going to use that part of my life to teach others not to go down that path. And I think it's so important with both of our testimonies, honestly, like that teenagers or really even adults understand that if you have gone down that path, there is forgiveness and there is um, hope for you. And you can walk away from that and you can find freedom in the Lord. And I think that so many people are like, oh, I'm just so far gone. You know, God can't forgive me. God can't mm-hmm. redeem my story. But that is just so far from the truth that if you have these issues in your past or your present and you're ashamed and you're like, oh, no way God can forgive me. Yes, he can. That was decided at Calvary. And and do not put God in a box thinking that he cannot forgive what you have done because he can and he wants to and he loves you. I think that's so important. 
Well, so, um, while you're flipping, I'll go and ask you the next question. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm sure with you're just fine. So, okay. Sorry, yeah, you're good. Got it. No, sorry. go ahead. Um, the verse that I was looking for was Philippians four eight. I knew um, it. It says, "And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing: fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise." Mm-hmm. That verse, being able to have that stamped, was very vital to my growth from that, uh, from that sin, because when, when you, when you get into that sin, that's all you're going to think about. Okay. It, it is that, that, that's going to overcome your mind with such power that by yourself, you cannot overcome. You cannot. The only way you can overcome that is by God giving you the strength to get through that. And that verse, that verse alone helped me because it, it, whenever I would start having those thoughts, I would remember this verse and I would say, nope, I'm not going to think about that thing. I'm going to think about this. I'm going to think about God. I'm going to think about my family. And that drove me to not think that way anymore. Mm-hmm. And it took a long time. It, yeah. it, it's not something that you just wake it up one day and say, nope, mm-hmm. all right, I'm done. You know, it's something that it, it has a stronghold on anybody that struggles with it. And it is difficult to overcome, but it is impossible to overcome if you do it by yourself. Mm-hmm. You have to have an accountability team, people praying for you, and you have to spend time in God's word and getting God's word feeding into you rather than those those negative thoughts and, and visions. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> but, you know, that was one. I know that um, when I um, heard you tell your testimony the first time, that was one thing that I was like, man, that really hit me. Because, you know, like I've said it, you know, before, you know, I've looked, I've struggled with some of that. And I was like, you know, at first I was thinking, oh, my gosh, like that can happen to anybody. Because, I mean, I'm not like I'm not like, bragging when I say this, but like I generally think like I'm a pretty good kid, like, you know, whatever. And like, but that can happen to anybody. It can, and and I remember I was watching this pastor on on TikTok, and he said even as someone for him, he has on his phone parental locks. He he does not even allow his phone to be able to access the website on certain things. He basically has a child phone because it can easily so happen to anybody. Mm-hmm. You know it. it you know, I don't know a lot of people view pastors as, you know, somebody that sin just can't touch, but that's right. not the truth. And I love how Pastor Robbie is so open about that, how he guards himself from these temptations because he is easily susceptible to following these things just like everybody else. But he puts safeguards up to prevent himself from going down those paths. And we have to do the same. Mm-hmm. You know, yes, pastors are held to a higher standard and that's biblical, but that doesn't mean that they're not, they still have struggles. And, but we have to be careful. And I think everybody should learn from that on putting safeguards up on anything because just because you're a Christian doesn't mean you're safe from sin. We still struggle with stuff every day. All right. Okay. So. <laughs> so, do you, um, you know, I know that you have plenty of responsibilities, like with um, homeschooling and all that. Um, do you ever find? Do you ever struggle with having all these responsibilities and still trying to maintain a good relationship with the Lord? Like, you know, having all that you have to do. Well, there's a mountain up here, and the store. Yeah. Yes. yes. I think as a wife and mother, um, it's so easy to put your husband and your kids ahead of everything. 
I think like even last night we were out and I was like, oh, we've got to buy Raleigh's birthday gifts. Her birthday's next month. He's like, well, you just think about yourself for a second. And I'm like, that's so boring to me. Like, I don't think <laughs> about what I need. I just don't. I think about y'all like all the time. That's like my priority. My mom will do that. And yeah. I, you know, that's my job pretty much. Like my job is in the home and um, I'm a stay at home mom. I homeschool my kids. And so that's where I pour my life into and, um, and so I have noticed that on those days I wake up and I choose just to get my day started. I don't choose to pray and like, you know, read the word. Like I'll, I have like this first Bible app on my Bible and like it literally takes five minutes to read the scripture and like read the little devotional or whatever. And actually I'm going through a Bible study with some friends right now, Elijah by Priscilla Shiro, which is amazing. But if I don't take that time, let me tell you how my day goes. <laughs> my kids tend to act crazy on those days and then that feels my crazy and then it's like a vicious cycle mm-hmm. of just i don't think i can do this like anymore like i don't want to homeschool anymore let's <laughs> put them back in school and um and that so, takes quite a few times <laughs> 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 but i mean it just disrupts your whole day but yeah i i am a busy person like i will mm-hmm. say especially like with my kids being the ages that they are now you know no one's dead hang out with his friends and he has theater and he has you know church and he has like all this stuff going on and we had co-op and that just ended but like the school years are busy for us and um and even riley wants to hang out with friends and she has gymnastics yeah. and she has all when i came to Northside, my mom yeah. did not expect all the stuff that was about to pop oh, up oh my goodness all she the was stuff. like ah, and yes. i'm like too bad it's uh. so busy but <laughs> but if i could encourage like moms and, and wives like to make that time to spend with the lord and even like throughout the day just i always prepare so the lord all day I'm like this is like weighing on me you know or I'll get a text can you pray for this can you pray for that and I'll pray and pray and um and even at the end of the night I'm like you know encouraged by some bible verses and stuff but it does encourage my heart as a wife and mother um to have those that time with the Lord to strengthen me and to prepare me for the day because when I doubt it tends to be chaotic and it tends to just spiral out of control so starting that and starting the day right tends to put my mind in the right set to be the wife and be the mother that um, God's called me to be. Yep. So. There's not many places at school where you could sit down and pray at because it's so, you know, 3,000 kids <laughs> right. in a building somewhere. Right, but you just whisper and have that but, um, with God. But one yeah. place that I have found, if there's nobody else in the elevator with you, mm. in the elevator. There you go. Um, you know, going there from floor go. to floor. You know, the things that, and trust me, I have plenty of time to spit a prayer out because, um, it is the slowest elevator I've ever ridden in my life. Um, like, while you're actually in it, you know, it doesn't feel that slow. But when you're waiting on it, oh, my yeah. gosh. <laughs> so slow. Okay, we kind of talked about it a little bit. But we're going to go into some of the youth questions and all that stuff. Um, and I've asked these before, but I love asking them because I get some different answers from everybody. Um, so when you look at our youth today, do you see hope or are you worried about the future? I see hope. And these are for both of you. So. I see hope in our church. Like, when I sit there on Sunday mornings and I look at all of you, and, you know, Brandon's saying something, I look up and I look at y'all, and you're taking notes, and you're really, like, listening, and you're, you're like little sponges, and you just want <laughs> to absorb what we're saying and what we're pouring into you, and it's so encouraging when there's no phones out, and you're actually paying attention, and you want to learn, and you want to grow, and you want to, you know, know what the Word says, and how to combat the attacks of Satan, I think that that's so encouraging to my heart to see that, and I so pray, and I hope that you guys stick with that after you graduate, and after you're away from your families, um, just remain grounded in the Word and in truth, because the world will throw everything 
about you and you're either going to fall for the world or you're going to fall for Jesus and really just fall for Jesus. Don't fall for what Satan is trying to throw at you, the lies and the temptations and the, and the just chaos. So, um, but I'm encouraged. I am. Um, I see that this generation does struggle a lot, um, especially with, you know, homosexuality and mm-hmm. gender identity and um, sex, pornography, different things like that. Um, it is very prevalent, but you know what? God is bigger and God is good. And if this generation rises up and becomes warriors for him and speaks out boldly and unashamed of their faith, we can change the world. We can turn the world mm-hmm. upside down for Christ like they did in Acts. And I think that, that we're on the cusp of that if we could just get Yeah, that Asbury Revival, I think that showed it can happen. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, you, what, all college oh, kids, yeah. high school kids, you know, oh, I don't know how many people were in there. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. I, I know I have, a, I have a lot of hope. Um, just because I know God, God has placed us in this position, and I see because before, you know, I saw from a very worldly political mm-hmm. standpoint, and it was I didn't have any hope for the youth because I saw I, I saw a lot I saw a lot of youth from the world perspective as just being lazy and and not wanting to do anything. Um, but as I've gotten into this role of being a life group leader and a small group leader. I see some of these questions that these kids ask and, and some of these questions are so deep mm-hmm. spiritually mm-hmm. and I can see them wanting to learn more. But I think a lot of the, a lot of the growth that these youth are going to need comes from parents, mm-hmm. um, comes from the adults. You know, when we look at the next generation, yeah, they're going to be the next generation of the church, but what are the parents and the adults doing for them so they can be? How are we preparing them, and how are we putting these good standards and uh, practices in their lives so that way they don't walk away from the church? Um, and I think that's a responsibility that a lot of parents, I don't want to say take lightly, but maybe they don't really see the the importance of it to the extent that it needs to be. Mm-hmm. You know, when we see the struggles that these youth are having and, you know, the 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 struggles with anxiety and depression and all these things because they're seeing so much from social media. They're seeing so many unrealistic like views from social media. You know, people on social media, they're not, that's not real. Mm -mm. It's, it's all, it's all a persona. It's all, this is what I want the world to see me as. And then what the youth are seeing is I want to be like that. But then they're not, so they feel defeated. They feel discouraged, and then then they start feeling depressed about why isn't my life grand like this person on TikTok or you know Instagram or Snapchat? And it's and it's because this person's life isn't really like that. They're just posting what they want people to see. God wants to take your life and do something amazing with it for for His kingdom. What we do on this earth is completely temporary. The work that we do is something that God wants us to want, might want us to have at that time, but the the end goal is to be in in heaven with Him and to bring others with us. You know, if we're not bringing others with us to heaven, then the work that we're doing on earth is not what God wanted. What God wants us to bring others, and we have to make that a priority. And God is going to give us everything that we need. It might not be everything we want, but He's going to give us what we need. Mm-hmm. And when you're able to be, as Paul was, content, mm-hmm. there, there is a huge difference between being happy and content. 
Okay. I would have loved to have been a NASCAR driver. But you know what? But you know what? God has placed me in positions that I've been able to share his word and be used for him. And I I'm I have so much joy with what I do. And it's a completely different mentality when you're when you when you actually have joy in what you're doing because you know you're where God wants you to be. Yeah, um, number 54, Uncle Brandon racing around the track. <laughs> um, okay, so for my last question, and then we'll wrap up, and any final thoughts or whatnot, but um, what's your favorite part about teaching Life Group? Uh, just the relationships we build. Like, I just, like, honestly, like, I built so many good relationships with y'all, and just seeing y'all grow in the Lord, that is such a joy for me. Like, I love when y'all ask questions, and when you're really digging deep. And where I can see that y'all are growing in your faith, it just, it makes my heart so happy. And just seeing all those different personalities, I enjoy <laughs> hanging around y'all. I think y'all Absolutely. are great. And it just, it just brings us so much joy. And um, I think that we both just have such a heart for y'all. Yep. So the, the best thing I love about being in this role is being able to, to as as my wife said, to see y'all grow in the Lord, um, and I know my whole mentality of of the importance of being a life group leader and being able to pour into y'all from was was from that college prep class that mm-hmm. Miles Hannon was able to will lead, and and I remember sitting there in the conference room because uh, this is the second year they did it, and I remember see hearing everything that they had all the topics that they were wanting to talk about and understanding the importance of preparation and preparing the youth for what they're going to expect in the world. The necessity of it in today's time is so, so important. And I remember I looked at Miles and I said, is two nights going to be enough time? Cause no, I feel like we could, we could hit every single topic for a two-hour period. I have a feeling that when I have him on, I was going to have it restarted again. <laughs> and, you know, so much. And, 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 I, and I see the importance because, you know, we had so many good questions during that, during that college prep class. And, and, I, and I saw these kids, these, their minds turning and they're asking questions. And, and, of course, you know, we had probably the most difficult <laughs> question. Honestly, I did. Okay. Um, but it was something but – it's, but it's a question. It's a scenario that could easily happen – especially if these kids aren't prepared and know how to handle situations. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, because in today's society, it is, you know, test drive everything before you purchase it. You know, don't ever, don't ever just purchase it. And, but I mean, when the way God's plan is, is he has somebody for us. Mm -hmm. He has a person, you know, every guy has a girl and every girl has a guy that, God has planned for them to be together, and there is a time and place when that relationship is supposed to become intimate, and that is after marriage. And when you're able to be in God's will in a relationship with your spouse from the beginning, the level of closeness and intimacy that you will have will be like none other. Mm-hmm. And the the youth need to know what God's Word says about all this stuff. Mm-hmm. 
And because if they're not prepared, they're going to fall for the lies that Satan has because Satan's lies are beautiful. They are grand. They look amazing. They're it's like, like that Disney example. It, it, it's, yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it's like, yeah, they're, they're the best rides ever, but... The you know the analogy I like to use is you know yeah Satan's lie Satan's lies may look like greener grass on the other side but what's the best fertilizer mm-hmm. you know the stuff that's underneath and it's nothing good God's going to give you stuff that grows and has rooted and is not going to fail and God has a time and place and purpose for everything in your life and being patient in today's world is difficult. You know, because everybody wants it now. Everybody wants Amazon one day shipping because two day shipping just it's isn't. Not enough. It's just it's just too far out there. But some of the best things that God can give you takes time, and it takes patience. And during that time, when we're able to get close to God and work on our relationship with Him, we'll be able to enjoy that time, you know, and it's just like the the lesson that we just had when Jesus was tempted for the third time, Satan was like, bow to me and you can have all this kingdom. That was a legitimate temptation because he, because Jesus was going to get the whole world. The whole world is his, but it wasn't at that time. Mm -hmm. He, if he would have taken that, taken that temptation, he would have been given the world, but it would not have been God's plan and it would not have been able to be blessed the way it's going to be. But instead, he battled Satan with Scripture and is going to get the world in God's time, and it's going to be amazing. So when we are tempted with this, we've got to listen to God and know, hope. you know, maybe this is what God has for me, but not right now. Right. And I love being in a position to be able to teach the youth these truths because for so many, like my wife and I, we didn't have these truths, like the, these hard lessons talk to us, these hard topics talk to us, but it needs to be discussed. It needs to be talked about. And I love being in a, in a role to where I can talk about it and teach the youth the truth because the truth is important. It's vital to be able to grow spiritually and be able to battle the sins that Satan's going to throw at you. And I love being in that position. Yeah, and I can, you know, we can just, I mean, I can tell, and I can't speak for everybody, but we can tell that you both love doing it. Um, You know, not to mention (laughs) the laughs that we have in there, my gosh. And we know that you always know when Mr. Brain is coming down the hallway because, uh, you know. My my laugh isn't that loud. No, no, it's not, it's it's not, it's not, I mean, it can be loud, but it's very distinct. It is distinct. It's like, I remember it was at the Thanksgiving dinner. I'm sitting like um, at the end, and you're on the other side of the G- on the live center, and I just hear your laugh moat. There he is. Oh, there he is. Yeah. 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 But I did love. I don't know when it was. Maybe, you know, maybe about a month ago or two. I don't know. When did y'all go to Disney? Do you remember? Oh my goodness. Disney. Anyway. It was February. Yeah. yeah. So I loved y'all's example when you came back, like, because y'all said that y'all saw that the, you know, of course Disney. When you look at it, all the people, you know, it's like, you look at it, they're like, oh, it's all good, happy, whatever. And then you got to go back and where the cast members go. And it was all just like yeah. nasty looking. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah, don't be deceived on what is on the outside appearance. Yeah. It's on the inside that counts, right? But absolutely. <laughs> Do both of you have any final thoughts that you might want to say before I we wrap up? My encouragement to parents um, who are raising youth in today's age is that you are going to come to what you think is the end of your rope, okay? You are going to be struggling with these kids. But my, my encouragement is that when you are at the end of your rope, tie a knot and hold on. 
because they need that. They need you to hold on. They need you to hang in there with them. They need you to encourage them. They need you to point them back to Jesus, point them to scripture, say, hey, you know, you may feel hopeless and alone right now, but that's not what God wants for you. That's not what God designed you for. That's not his purpose and his plan for you. You know, there's such a greater, you know, time in your life that's coming, you know, it's so temporary. And, and, um, so I just, I encourage parents to do that. Like just really invest in your children. Look at their phones. Mm -hmm. You want to know about your kid? Look at their phone. Look at it every single day. Block the internet. We block the internet on Noah's phone. Noah does not have the internet on his phone. And neither does Riley. Riley doesn't have it on her tablet. And um, there's no reason for it. If he needs to Google something, he can come to me. And um, But look at your kids' phones every day. Check their messages. Go on YouTube. Check their search, search histories on Safari or on YouTube or wherever. And see what they are doing, what they're involved in. Know their friends. Know who mm-hmm. they hang out with. Know the company they keep. Bring your kids to church. Prioritize Jesus. And I'm telling you, it will change We'll take you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we will. Come on to Northside. We'll take you. Come to 1030 Life Group. We'll take your kids. Um, but that that is my encouragement to parents because it is hard. It is so hard. But But God is bigger, and God is greater than all these things that they're going through. Just hold on to them. They need you to hang in there with them. And it will be okay. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd say my final thought is, you know, and I foot stomp this a lot uh, in the class is is get into get into the word, get into the Bible, mm-hmm. um, because this Bible is full of truth, it is full of hope, um, it is full of peace, and if you pay attention to, if you really pay attention to the way Satan is manipulating the truth mm-hmm. um, into people believing that they are not the biological gender that they have been created by God. Um, God does not make anything wrong. He doesn't. He doesn't make anybody bad. He makes, he makes, he creates the people and we have our choices and there are consequences to our choices. Um, but if we don't know the truth of what God's word says, we are going to be susceptible to believing every lie that Satan tells us. And he loves nothing more. Satan loves nothing more than to manipulate the truth. Mm-hmm. And he knows just how powerful the truth is. And that's what a lot of people, I think, even a lot of Christians don't understand, is that Satan knows this Bible front to back. He knows every word that's in it. He knows what it really means. But he also knows how to twist it to make us believe something that isn't there. Yes, God does love everyone. He loves every single person. But he cannot be around sin. And if, a, and if we are doing something that contradicts the truth that is in here, it is a sin. And God cannot be around that sin. He wants to forgive you. He wants to love you. He wants to be there for you. But we have the free will, the choice to either believe his truths and follow him or follow Satan. That, that, is, that is the two roads you can go down. And if you're not following God, you're following man, and man follows Satan. So we have to dive into our Bible and into his word and know the truth. Pay attention to what translation you have. Not every translation of the Bible is 
translated correctly. Okay, There are some translations that are just not the truth, and we have to be very discerning and careful about what translation you have. Um, just know what you believe. Know what you believe, and the only way you can know what you believe is if you read what's in there. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you, if you don't know what's in the Bible, somebody's going to tell you, oh yeah, that's in the Bible, and you're going to believe them, because yep. you can't argue it. If somebody tells you that there's a verse in Zephaniah, and you've never read Zephaniah, how are you, oh, yeah. you going to know if it's true? If they told you there's a book of, you know, Vashika, guess what? <laughs> if you don't know the Bible, Wait. you're going to believe that that's in there. So you have to know the truth. Don't laugh at me. <laughs> but it's the word that kind of came up with. <laughs> oh, There's weirder names than that. What a way to end it off. Um, <laughs> but I will say, know the truth understand the truth and know what you believe man because you're going to hear the lies that satan gives you you're going to you're going to see it it's so prevalent in today's society and in today's social media and that that's just something i foot stomp so much because i used to believe those lies mm-hmm. i know how easy it is to hear something and say you know what that sounds good and the world will shout at you when God whispers to you, mm-hmm. you have to be able to discern the word. The, it's like that quote from Jesus Revolution. It's yes. the lies that are yes, yeah, the lies are, that are very loud. loud, and the voice of God is very soft. And you have to be able to discern the voice of God from the voice voices of the world. Absolutely, you know. I remember when we were going through my retirement, and it, um, we were trying to figure out where we needed to go, whether or not we needed to move back to Alabama or stay here. We knew our hearts were calling us to stay here. But I was asking God for a big green you know, neon sign in the sky saying, this is what you need to do. But all he wanted me to do was get close to him and, and just mm-hmm. communicate with him on a, on, a, on a one-on-one level and trust him. And my spiritual walk with him had grew so much from that point, and it has completely changed my perspective on, nope, this isn't anything I've done. This is everything God has done for me. Mm-hmm. And when you're able to... to get away from all the loudness and all the noise and the, and the social media and all everything that the world has to offer and you get into that quiet place with God's word the more you spend time with God's word the louder his voice is going to be it's going to be so much easier for you to hear him because you're that much closer to him so that was good really good and thank you both for coming on. Absolutely. Thank a you for having blast. us. And y'all both did such a great job. Because I know that some of it's not as easy to get through, but you did a great job. Thank no, you. we're so glad you do this because yes. we've seen awesome. you grow so much since you've joined our class. And, and we see the, the heart that you have for sharing God's word and, and reaching out to people. And so I'm very encouraged by your drive to, to not only grow, but also to share. You know, because these podcasts are absolutely amazing, and so we're we're very proud of you, Charlie. Thank you. And as you can see, we have a lot of fun on them too, huh? We do. We do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we do. But thank you again, both, for coming on. Absolutely. Yep. And with that, another episode of the Young Minds Podcast comes to a close. Always remember, you are never alone, and faith is action. So let's get out there. <laughs>